hash mark angle to the left for Adam Vinatieri. 48-yard field goal attempt. Set to go. Snap ball down. Kick up. Kick is on the way. And it is good! It's good! It's good! Out in the ninth inning, here on the banks of the Mississippi River, the Red Sox need one more out. Swing a ground ball. Welcome to the inaugural episode of the Loudest Sports Show. I am your host, Patsy the Angry Nerd, and uh, I am here to give you the starting lineup. Don't give me that fucking look. Uh, I am here to give you the starting lineup here for uh, our inaugural episode. Uh, leading off, we have Dan, don't call him Danny Spencer. How you doing today, yeah. Danny? Yeah, we're doing good. Feeling feeling good. Uh, pretty happy for the inaugural podcast. Looking forward to breaking some shit down with y'all. And uh, we are joined also by the Kardashian Dragon. Kardashian Dragon. Uh, yeah, I'm here. Yeah, how you doing? You know, I'm just uh, you know living life, living the dream, as we say. As uh, as who says? Who's we? You know, us hardworking folks. Oh, oh, yeah, salt of the earth uh, farmers and and whatnot. Yeah, red. You know what I mean. Red blooded American, red lunch blooded, pail baby. Red blood and blue jeans. You know, American pie. <laughs> First one in, last one out. And uh, we are also uh, joined by our, uh, our our hockey expert this week. Uh, she is. Uh, if you if you have uh, listened to Throwdown Thursday or Shark Bites or. Quite a few other shows. You are familiar with Ashes Von Nightmare. Aka Patrice Bergeron's biggest fan. That's true. There Marry more, me, Patrice. There are more pictures of Bergeron in, in our house than there are of me. And whose fault is that? Uh, yours. I have an enabler. It's an addiction, sir. Yeah, it's an addiction. So, uh, yeah, disease. As this is our, our first show, I figured we can. Uh, kind of let the folks at home know a little bit about us and who we are uh we uh i've known you guys uh pretty much your entire lives um mainly because no our entire lives yeah the entire said. lives you said mainly yeah mostly mostly you know like there were there was a period mostly <laughs> there was a, there was an incubation period when i didn't really know you uh, all that well i guess but, that makes uh, sense I mean that's that's, that's a fair. really weird way of putting that is it. Weird, but no, uh, both Isn't these guys. Isn't that weird? That was weird. Both these guys are my uh, are my younger brothers, and obviously, uh, Ashes is uh, my domestic live-in uh, special lady friend. Yeah, I was wondering if you were literally going to get to any of that. Yeah. Minor details. Minor details. I mean, folks. folks. Some folks know who we are, but you know, you'll see that through the uh, the the conversations that we have as we go forward that. Uh, you know, it's it's conversations that really only family can have. You know, like kind of the way we interact with each other. 
But uh, since this is a sports show, and this is the first sports show that the uh, Dorkening Network is going to have, and uh, by the way, that means we are brought to you by Deadly Grounds Coffee, um, I kind of wanted to break the ice a little bit, you know, and, and submit our lineup card so folks know a little bit about each of us. So I want to talk to you guys about some of the sporting events you guys have all attended uh, because we've all gone to we've gone to stuff together we've gone to stuff separately um so i'm going to start with uh, uh dave the kardashian dragon since you are the youngest okay i want you to tell me the top three uh hall of fame athletes that you have seen play live top who, three hall of fame athletes okay one's gonna be i know who your first one's gonna be you want me to go? You want me to go one, two, go three, three, or, two. or three, two, I want to go three, two, one yeah, go here. Three, yeah, then so I know what number one will be. So go, go three, two, one. Three, two, one. Man, that's tough. Okay, uh, three, three for me. Um, probably personally would be Manny Mir- uh, Ramirez. Oh my God! Wow, Maminan and Ramirez. Yeah, Manny Ramirez. Yeah, Sorry, I got a little, got a little tongue twister. Yeah, Manny I, <laughs> I, I've seen. I've seen standing room only games, you know, and he would just crank homers and it would just be, you know, for, yeah, I'm not even a big baseball guy, but wow. Yeah. I remember him. That was, that was crazy. Um, uh, yeah. Two, two would have to be uh Luka Doncic. I'd say Luka Doncic. That was last year. I got to see him. He's and uh, number yet. one, he's not Hall of Fame. Number yet, one, but I think. I think. No, he's he, on his I mean, way. he's he's well on his way. Twenty-one years old, doing what he's doing. If he uh, stays healthy, I'm a little biased. I am a little biased. Maybe I could have said Paul Pierce, but uh, I'm gonna go number one, Dirk Nowitzki. Yeah, every Celtics game for about seven, eight years in a row, I got to watch his last game in in Boston. So, yeah, and, and actually get his autograph. So Dirk Nowitzki is is uh, yeah number one for me. Yeah, As you folks, already well know. Folks at home don't know this, but, uh, you know, while we are fans of the local teams, you know, we also have the, the different teams around the country that we like, especially you and I, Dave, you are a, a Mavericks fan, you're a Bears fan. Yes. Um, so uh, next to you, uh, Dan, Spencer. Spencer, this who's is, your uh, top three kid? This this is an e- this is easy one, so. Yeah, I'll, easy I'll for say, him. It's I'll easy for number, him. Number three was KG. Uh, oh wow! Four, fourth row at the Celtics versus the Magic in 2008, the year they won, and it was fantastic. Ooh. I got to see the big three all together working in tandem. And you know, in years past, number two might have been number one, but Hulk Hogan live at the Central oh, Wrestling yeah. okay. the Universal times. Championship coming out to Jimi Hendrix. I chop it down with the edge of my hand. Beautiful, awesome thing. And it, it was 2003, four, five, something around there. Yeah, dude, we saw Obviously. him fight twice in one night. Right, exactly. And I, but I saw him win the last time he held the championship belt live, and that was that was a hell of an experience. And then number one, obviously, with 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 a bullet, would be Tom Brady. Go. I never um, heard of him. I, I seen him. I, I seen him shred up the the Texans on a Monday night in December. You were there. That was a Sunday it was night. About, it was about fifty five degrees on the eighteenth of December. We're all there in t shirts and hoodies and shit. And they the the Texans showed up in the varsity jackets and got smoked, like yeah. sent home packing. Yeah, and, and Brady killed it that night. But I also was at the 07 
the last or the 07 last game they won the AFC Championship before the Giants took them yep. down the first time. Terrible, but it 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 was still a good memory. So that's my top three. That was a Sunday night, by the way. It wasn't a Monday. That was a Sunday. No, the the Texans was a Monday. No, oh, Texans was Sunday night. No, that was Monday night football. No. We'll, we'll have Here we to go. look it up. Here we go. Our first argument. That was Monday night football. <laughs> we'll have to look it up. Ashes. We'll look it up. We'll look okay. it up later. Yeah, yeah Ash, can you get on that? I mean, can we get a, a, a Google on that, please? No, Ash is going to get her top three year. athletes she's seen. Oh, her first. Yeah, okay. Let's, yeah. let's do that. The fuck. I'm having a – I mean, obviously, um, number one was easy. Number two is pretty easy. Number three, I'm having a uh, – okay, you know what? My number three, I'm going to go with the man, the myth, the legend, the yager. Yaramir Yager. Oh, wow. He has played Yager. That's really cool. I've seen Yager twice. Yeah, fuck you. You've seen him twice. <laughs> Once, why, wow. why did you see him twice, Patsy? Because, why? Because uh, my friend Darren was like, hey, I have an you extra went ticket. to a game without I me. So I got to see him play for the Bruins. You saw him play against the Bruins. This is correct. But I still got to see yeah, him play. And, and we see him playing in NHL 95. <laughs> NHL 96, maybe, for me. So who's who's number... Uh... Number two is David Ortiz. Yeah, big poppy. Uh, I love... I, I, I went Manny, you got like Ortiz. I That's a great pick. I yep. love David Ortiz. I've loved him. We've seen him numerous times. We've seen him several. I have a, um, a picture of him hitting a home run against the Yankees. Yeah, that was your birthday a few yep. years ago. So you're welcome for that. They won I called nothing. him up. I was like, hey, David, buddy, big poppy, do me a favor. I know Just, who number uh, one is. I hit a one. hit a big one. I mean, and obviously these guys aren't Hall of Famers yet, but they will be. And number one is obviously, obviously, Stanley Cup champion, two-time Olympic gold medalist, four-time, soon-to-be five-time Selkie Award winner. It's Patrice Bergeron. Duh. <laughs> yes. So if you listen to the entrance, I mean, I think I am gonna. I'm gonna. Uh, for my top three, I'm gonna have to pick some that you guys haven't picked and you haven't mentioned yet. So. I'm gonna go number three, Alex Ovechkin. Mm -hmm, mm. That's he was. I was toying between him he and, is an uh, with, uh, and, and Yager for my third. Well, I, I was there with you guys the night at least one time when you seen him. Yeah, that wasn't that the game we saw. Yeah, that yeah, was it game was. We went. Yeah, you were there. So you yeah. saw Ovechkin too, uh, because yeah. I've seen I've seen KG. We saw uh, my 28th birthday, 29th birthday. Yeah, KG. We saw the we saw the big three. Yep. That was about saw, 20 years ago, wasn't it? It was. It was uh, 10 years ago. <laughs> 12 years ago. Um, I've seen, I saw Brady with you. I, I have not seen, uh, you know, Luca or, or Dirk. I didn't get to see them. So wait, we could have mentioned the people that we didn't list before we mentioned the people that we listed. Yeah, it's a pretty long what list. I thought it was three was people. Well, you know, I'm just saying, like, these are, you know, I've seen these oh, guys. I'm sorry. So I'm trying to come They're up. new. See, Patrick can't commit goes. to a list. But top three, all right, top three, ready? I can see all these guys, but here's my three. Top three right here, ready? So, you said Ovechkin. I said Ovechkin. Number two, Steve Nash, back in the Suns days, got to see we them play We did see a Celtics. Steve Nash Suns game, Dan. We actually went to one. Yeah, it was with Andy. With Andy, yeah, we did see one. Okay, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, good pick. He's and, uh, top two for me. Number one, this one's tough. This one's He's tough. going hockey. I already did hockey. I did hockey. I did basketball. And Dan you did doing football. baseball? Go, I know who you're going to pick if you go baseball. Trying to widen the net. If I go baseball, I got to go one of the greatest pitchers of all time. He helped break the curse. Pedro fucking Martinez. Ooh. It was me. 
Pedro for me, and I picked Manny because I've seen him hit home runs in the stands. But Pedro, great pick. Great. I mean, pick. I'm glad. You, I'm so glad you picked Pedro. I mean, I could have gone Nomar. I could have gone Tech. No, oh, no, Nomar, Nomar, no, 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 no championship. Hey, 1997, no, no, no. 1997, Dan. We went to a game against the Twins, and Nomar hit a grand slam. Yes, that was when we saw Eckersley pitched that game too. Yeah, that was, that was the dude when we saw yeah. the dude in the skirt. Remember? Who cares? Who I mean, cares? I, I've seen A-Rod because A-Rod played against the Sox. Yeah, seen A-Rod. Yeah, we hate him, but that's amazing to see A-Rod, A-Rod play baseball. We've gotten to see Jeter play. We've gotten to see, you know, like. If you're in the house when Poppy hits a home run, there was nothing better than that back in the day. Oh, we I saw, missed, we saw I missed out run. a couple opportunities, which stinks. I went to a Sixers game, and AI was on the bench. and that, uh, He was hurt that game. That really stung. Uh, that load was, management, man. That would have been amazing to see him play, but I didn't get to. We saw a game against the Athletics, and Ortiz hit a home run, and Josh Reddick flipped into the bullpen trying to get it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was awesome. I, was that I, when we I, were I was, up on the Monster? Yeah, when we were up on yeah. the Monster. Um, we've all had a lot of good Fenway stuff. I remember I was at the game when they re-signed. Uh, who's the knuckleball? Doug they Mirabelli. That, they brought Mirabelli. They, they flew him in. Mirabelli and they flew him in and got him a police escort to the thing. And like Dad goes, yeah, Wakefield's going. He goes, who's pitching tonight? I'm like Wakefield. He goes, you know who's catching? I'm like, no. He goes, Doug Mirabelli. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. They had Doug to Mirabelli. trade for him from like fucking San Diego to bring him back in. Brought him in awesome. special. So Poppy hit, hit a home run about three three uh, three rows in front of me that night. I was on ESPN. So I love Fenway, dude. Fenway is like my mecca. Yeah. All right. So next uh, next question. What's the best game you were ever at? And I'm gonna go alphabetical this time. So Ashes, what's the oh. best game you were ever at? God damn it! Fuck you for saying this. Actually, no. I know exactly which game it was. It was April. 21st, mm-hmm. 2010, uh, Stanley Cup playoffs, the Bruins versus the Sabres, and the Bruins went on to win in double overtime. It was Something else happened that night, too. I mean, you know, something else may or may not have happened, but that's neither here nor there. Nobody, nobody saw that coming. Nobody, 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 nobody cares about that. <laughs> um, but no, that was, a, that was a really great night, but that was a really great game. Yeah. You know, Two extra overtimes worth of hockey in in the playoffs is just I mean, and to win to win after yeah to win in double overtime yeah we'll get to losing in double overtime a little bit later yeah uh, but but to win in in double overtime it just it just kind of was a really was a really great night. All right, uh, Spencer, Spencer, what's your uh, best game you ever went to? You know, it's it's tied one and one a for me. I have two two favorite ones. One was the very first like uh, modern day Patriots game I ever went to was against the Bills. Or no, I'm sorry, the Browns in 07. And it was like the fifth game of the season. They smashed them, but I was in a luxury box. It was like the greatest thing ever. It was exactly the way it looked in any given Sunday. But the other one was a Celtics playoff game. Oh. No, I scratched that. Scratched that. No, no, no. I, I, I almost replaced it. The John Lester no-hitter. That I was, was going to say. I sat in about five different seats that night. We had I got shitty seats for about 25 bucks a piece, and it was like a half-packed house that night. And me and my buddy just sat in places until people came and go, oh, no, I'm sorry. I had the wrong thing. Or I sat in the wrong seat. And then I go somewhere else. We ended up like all the way down 
and it was like the fifth inning before we realized anything that it was that was happening. But it was it was awesome. I, I remember a few nice I remember seeing you at work that day. You're like, oh, I'm going to the Sox. I'm like, oh, that's pretty good. Like, yeah, but pff, they're playing the Royals, and you were yeah, so it was disappointed. Like, yeah, I was like, ah, whatever. Dave, yeah, what's your your number one game you've ever been to? All right, I, would, I was going to say our game we went to in Texas because that game was awesome. That was off the oh, hook, the even Rangers though Astros. crazy home runs. But uh, honestly, it's, I'm going to go. It's actually not a game, um, but I'm going to go with a wrestling one. I got to watch The Undertaker lose his streak oh, at WrestleMania oh, yeah, to Brock Lesnar, and that was just – Nobody knows anybody that's been there. The most <laughs> unbelievable thing I've ever seen. And honestly, grown men around me crying just – they didn't play his music right away. So everyone around me was like, dude, he didn't win. He didn't know that he didn't win. He didn't win. That was a two count. He kicked out. And I'm like, guys, it's over. He, he lost. What else happened that night? Because I rooted for Brock. What else happened? Daniel night? Bryant. But I, no, 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 no. What, for that, what else happened earlier? The first thing that happened that night. Hogan and, and The Rock and Austin being in the ring together. Yeah, that was crazy too. But just grown men around me being like, no, that, that didn't that didn't happen. He didn't win. Just win. The Undertaker didn't lose. He didn't it's lose. It's still real crying. to me. I, I saw at least, I, I think at least ten thousand people left the arena after that match, and there was still two matches to go. So it was it was insane. That was that was insane for me. So I got to say that would be uh, number one moment, honestly, maybe in wrestling history. So I got to witness it live. So that was great. So for me, I'm gonna go October second, nineteen ninety one, my very first Red Sox game. Uh, Dan and I were both there. We 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 see a, a a foul ball get hit up in front of us, and we're like. You know, we're there with mom and dad. Dave was uh, about a, almost a little over two at that point. I was being babysat that night. I actually remember it. What do you think I, the attendance was that night, Pat? Uh, <laughs> probably twelve. Eight hundred ninety-two. Uh, but there was a a ball get hit into a crowd of people in front of us. So we're like, "Hey, can we go catch a foul ball?" And my parents are like, "Yeah, you do that. You go catch a foul ball. Yeah, go go right ahead." So there was this huge crowd of people, and I was, like, 45 pounds at age 8. Like, I was a tiny, tiny child. So I'm like, well, I'm moving way the hell over here. Mel Hall of the Yankees hits a, a, a line drive, drills the seat next to me, hits the ground, and it's just rolling around, spinning next to my foot, and there's nobody within 50 feet of me. So I picked the ball up. I'm losing my mind. Like, I'm so excited. Dad was probably more excited <laughs> than I was. And uh, I was most excited. Dan, what happened about 10 minutes after that? Well, they, uh, hey, we're just wrapping up fielding practice, and they were all coming in, and Steve Lyons uh, pointed at me, threw a ball to me from the field. So I ran up ever so excited, seeing as my older brother just got a ball. The only thing that we talked about, knowing that we were going to go to the game, was catching a ball because that's every little kid's dream, yep. including my our father, my uncles, everybody, everybody's dream. Nobody had done it. You did it. And then he threw the ball to me, and I'm like, I got a ball. And they called me back down. I'm like, oh, he wants the ball back. I'm like, shit. So I thought I had to throw the ball. I threw the ball back to him. Then he, like, showed me how to hold my glove, play catch with me, and let me keep the ball. It's like the – I would say, like, top three cherished childhood memories. Yeah, it was it was great. And then Dad was Surreal. incredulous. Surreal. Dad was like, Surreal. I've been going to games for 40 years. I never came close. You guys have been here 20 minutes. You each got one. And we're like, don't worry, Dad. If we get another one, you can have it. Exactly. He tells the story all the time. But yeah, I gotta tell you, it was it was a lot easier picking in uh, nineteen, you know, early nineties with uh, the attendance that were in Red Sox games in October when they were out of contention. So we we kind of lucked out there. Yeah, 
before um, the golden years. So now that we've kind of gotten the uh, the introductions, you know, a little bit about us, our history, some of the stuff we've gotten to see, some of the history we've witnessed, you know, playoff games. Uh, you know, Ash and I went to a, a Stanley Cup playoff game the year the Bruins won. I mean, well, they didn't win the game that we went to. No, but they won the Stanley Cup. But they that did year. go That's on to win the Cup. In 2011, which is the they, most important part. Yeah, Chara yeah. was out. So that they makes had, sense. They had the sheriff Shane Knighty in. But this was 32 year old sheriff Shane Knighty. This was 32 year old Chara and fucking 24 year old Bergeron at the time. I think uh, I think uh, uh, Pasternak was just born. Because uh, this was like Wait, was it really ago. that long ago? It's ten years ago. Oh my well, god! Nine years ago, so thirty-four oh my, year and old. And it feels Chara. just like yesterday. So, what I remember them. Up, I remember them up be, being up by three zero and then losing to the the, the year before. Like, that like it was yesterday. Yeah, the there year before. There were three zero in the game. Oh, game seven. Yeah, Tuca. Yes, it was. Tuca pooped his pants that game. But, uh, yeah, so we're going to talk a little bit about the Bruins because, uh, unfortunately, the Bruins uh, will not be defending their Eastern Conference Championship last night. Uh, instead of heading off to Edmonton for the Conference Championship round, uh, they are heading back to Boston. And uh, Pasternak has a season, uh, an offseason of drinking. And uh, part of that is, uh, again, uh, Tuka Rask leaving the Bruins in the middle of the bubble, and we all have various feelings on this. Um, my feeling is if he wanted to opt out, he should have opted out when they had the chance so that his team didn't come to expect him to be there. Um, Ashes, what, what's your thought on this? Because you are our, uh, our hockey expert on the show. So uh, tell us a little bit about your thoughts on uh, – yeah, you guys give your thoughts on this. I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna I'm gonna step out on this. I'm not a big hockey guy, so you guys give your things. So it's what, got production work to take care of. Yeah. So I come from two different places. I come from uh, a frustrated fans perspective, and I come from a realistic perspective. So I'm gonna go with the realistic perspective first. Um, if what they're saying is true, it was a family issue. Um, you know, we don't, we don't know. And I'm trying to give Tuca the benefit of the doubt because honestly, if it's something personal, it's really none of our business. If it's something family, family related, it's really none of our business. So, you know, there's, uh, rumors going around saying that it's something with one of his daughters, maybe one of his, uh, his youngest daughter who was born, I believe this year, um, you know, this year, is she young, young kid. Um, there's rumors that maybe his partner has postpartum and that's a thing, you know, not to be taken lightly. And that's something that is important to deal with and that, you know, him being home and being with his family is important, you know? So from, from a, you know, non-fan perspective, that is, that is his prerogative. That is his business. And it's none of our business as to why he left. Now, from a frustrated fan perspective, 
What the fuck, Tuca? Like, what the fuck? How can you just leave your team hanging like that? Especially when you know Halak isn't that great. Halak is a good backup goalie. He is not a starting goalie. They do not have any starting goalies on their roster right now. Aside from Tuca, who left... You know, if your heart wasn't in it, you should not have even gone into the bubble to begin with. You should have opted out initially when everyone else was opting out, you know, who were given the opportunity to opt out and not given your team, you know, your word saying, yes, I will be there. I will be playing hockey with you. You know, I, I you will give you 100%. Like, no, fuck that you didn't do any of that if your heart wasn't in it you shouldn't have done it and if your heart's not in the game anymore which is another one of the rumor you know rumors that's flying around right now then you shouldn't be fucking playing hockey go do something else go you know make your mead or whatever the fuck he's distilling or making or whatever shit he's doing like it's great to have other business ventures outside of sports because let's face it you can't be an athlete forever um, you know, unless you're Tom Brady or Zidane Chara, apparently, but like, it's, it's not a, it's good to have a fallback career, but like, I, I, there were reports saying that he was fucking playing golf. Yeah. You can play golf, but you and be away from your family. Like your family was so important, but you can go play golf, but yet you can't be there for your team in the bubble. Like playing 100% if they had had Tuca and Tuca was you know his head in the game Tuca like on his game Tuca they would have won this series they would have not been annihilated the way that they were especially two games ago I think it was fucking disgusting it also would have been nice to have you know because of the 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 nature of the back-to-back series because there's no travel you have games that are back-to-back you know give Tuca a rest have have uh, Halak come in and play a little bit uh, I think that would have benefited them greatly. So, Halak did lead his team uh, when he played for Montreal. He led them, you know, to a couple of improbable series wins. Yeah, but how many years ago was that? Well, that's what I'm getting to. Like, it was in 2009, so 11 years ago. I mean, so it's like he's done it, but he was 24 when he did it, and he was playing full-time. So he had the opportunity to, you know, be in the zone, so to speak. Typically, your backup goalie is a younger goalie trying to make his way, you know, from the AHL into the NHL. So typically, when your backup goalie gets to start, they're trying to prove something. They want to be a starting goalie. They want to they wanna show everyone what they have. Like, hey, I've been working hard. I have the chops to lead a team to a Stanley Cup victory. And that's exactly you know? what he did. Like, they chose him right. over that's Carey Price. That's what he did well he's 35, he's 35. well that's the thing like you can't expect a backup well, goalie who's fucking 35 to perform well i don't i don't hold the fact that he's 35 against him because well, we, i mean oh well, i mean neither do i 35 is not old by the way it's, we, it's perfectly we saw, fabulous I mean, but but in sports years it's almost like dog years yeah, goalie years for sure we saw uh ben bishop last night come in and get absolutely fucking shelled by colorado Colorado fucking smoked him. And then Anton Hudobin, who's probably well, yeah, around but, but 35. Here's the thing. Dallas didn't have anything to lose. Yeah, but that you still want to get you don't want to give a team like uh, Colorado a chance to come back, you know, when you have, you know, uh, an MVP candidate on that team. You know, you don't want to let that team come back. 
you know, down 3-1. Now it's 3-2, and they're thinking, <laughs> we just fucked up their starting goalie. And now that's also in Ben Bishop's head, and this is on this is Bishop's like fifth team, you know, because he couldn't do it in in Tampa, and they got rid of him. He couldn't do it anywhere else, and now he's he's here. I mean, he's used to be a good goalie, but he's another one of those guys that uh, you know just <clears throat> I don't know what it is with with uh, some Yo, of these guys. Rask seems Rask seems to have some uh, Manning type tendencies. Unfortunately, somebody compared him to he's very uh, much killer in the regular season. But what do you, you said? You can't compare the two? No, 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 no. I said somebody compared him. There's uh, only one championship difference between them. Well, a couple of people oh, okay. have. Uh, I was going to say, no, I, I no, feel like no, they're no, fairly no, no. comparable because they're, you know. No, no, no. I'm saying somebody compared him. There's one championship him. difference between them. So, yeah. Somebody compared him the other day. I think it was Kellerman, and the oh, dad yeah. said the same thing, comparing him to James Harden, where it's like, it's almost yeah, he like. He ain't got nothing under his belt. Right. That's the big deal. Don't be talking about Kellerman on this show, okay? I don't want to hear about Max Kellerman. I got to beef with Max Kellerman. Tuka doesn't have one that he he started. I don't care about Max Kellerman. It was Thomas's cup. So, yeah, Tuka doesn't have one. He lost it to Chicago. He lost to the. He lost it to St. Louis. Yep. In six, he was the seven. one that he was the one that they came that filled that the uh the Flyers come back 3 0 on when yep. they were up 3 0 in game seven. At they home. were up 3 0 in the home? series and they were up 3 0 in that last game. And he game. gave up yep. four exactly. straight games and With four straight goals. So the next question is Does he come back next year? And if not, how does he uh how do they leave? You guys are making way too much noise. Um. If he doesn't, if he does Sorry, come back son. next year, is he going to be? Uh, if he doesn't come back next year, is he going to be traded, or do you think he retires? I think he retires. He's I think this is it. his out. I think I think this is his his exit. I think he's just like you know what? No, I'm good. Now, what about what about you guys? Do you think he retires, or do you think he gets traded away? I I think that. Uh... Once, you know, it, it's a common adage, but I, I think there's a lot of merit to it is that once an athlete starts talking about retirement, that they're kind of already in that mindset. And, you know, he's not a guy that seems to kind of, uh, he doesn't necessarily put a lot of stock wins and losses. It doesn't seem to bother him either way. He goes out, he does his best. If they lose, they lose, they win, they win. He's never really exuded that kind of passion, especially the kind of passion that most people have, you know, come to expect from athletes in this town, especially with, other guys on the team like like Chara, like Bergeron, people that really take wins and losses personally and the whole process personally. So it, it, it kind of seems like a much different vibe from him. So it's it's really tough to read. But, you know, is it is it because he's he's finished, he's, you know, laid back, he's chill, or is it because he kind of doesn't care? And, you know, I, I, I there's always something to be said about people that, you know, get into a line of work because they're really good at it. doesn't necessarily mean that that's – really maybe what he wants to do and he's awesome you know he has his moments he's he's won the Vesna one time he's been you know in the running at least this year shit you know there's some there there's a case to be made for him to, for, to be the best one in the league and he might have won it if I'm not mistaken so I'm sorry if I got my facts wrong on that but I don't think they've given the awards out yet he's he's, he's a no, top tier he's a top tier goalie regardless of what anybody says but if you don't perform in the playoffs, then I mean, or even they, show up, they won the they won he won the Jennings Trophy, which is given to the top uh, tandem in the league with the with the lowest goals against average. So they got the Jennings Cup, which means him and Halak split it. 
So but you know, here's the, the other here's the other thing too, though. You know, it, it's it's easy to to lay into the goalie, especially after what happened yesterday. But I mean, realistically, your best players didn't you know perform up to where they should have, and really didn't. They put almost fifty shots on goal and almost and only got two 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 to go in. How about your first line though? How many shots did Marchand have on goal last night? I don't know. He had zero. A Zero. Yeah, but he was also setting stuff up. He had a lot of shots that were blocked. The top uh, line, the top line of the Bruins in the past 37 playoff games have generated 20 even strength goals. 20 even strength goals and 37 possessions from the top line on the team. So as much as you can lay it on the goalie, obviously, you know, there's certain situations like you're getting smashed, you know, what, seven to one? Like you're getting one, killed, yeah. you know, it's going to happen. But at the same time, you need production. You got to score goals. You don't win if you're scoring one goal. I mean, that's well. I mean, it's the, it's tough. The goal, when you have the goalie situation is an issue though at this point because if he no, retires, what do you do? Well, do you it, do? it's also it's it's when you don't have as much scoring depth when it's all on the top line, and you saw that last night. They yeah, they, they do moved, nothing. No, they moved some guys around, so they mm-hmm. put Pasternak with Krejci. And DeBrusque, and they moved Kasha. Kasha did nothing. Like that Kasha guy, he played nothing. hard, but he did nothing in the series. Like to get on the stat sheet, like there were a lot of guys that played really well, but it didn't show up on the offensive end. Like they were making a lot of defensive plays. Like mm-hmm. Marshan made a lot of defensive. They plays. were yeah, they were attempting to set up a lot of plays that looked great. They just couldn't get the follow through. But I mean, Marshy, how many goals did he have in this series? camped out on the left side of the net where he just waited and just buried the puck. Yeah, he Three came close. He, Not he, enough. He was, he was almost a lot of times. He was almost uh, many times, but almost doesn't get it done. Yeah, but he also I mean, scored several he, goals. Marshan is, you know, he's been – not much there during a lot of these these playoff series the last couple of years. Game seven at home last year, not everybody had good games. No. It was, but... bad, it was, it was rough going – and you go from that to this, like, you know, obviously Tampa Bay is better, but if you're not scoring, you can't win. Tampa Bay has a lot more uh, uh, offensive skill, and they didn't, they didn't even have Kucherov or uh, – Stamkos. Yeah. Stamkos, was... yeah. And they, but... and, they, and they still outscored us 14-5 to five in, in four games. I mean, last night's game, they didn't turn on until middle of the third period. When they realized, holy shit, we actually have a chance. Hey, you know, it's almost like so of some of them. Mind, yeah, well, I mean, that's true too. He's been standing on his fucking head, but you know, they the entire team, aside from maybe a couple of players, hasn't really shown up much in this series. Right, I mean, and yeah. it's some of it. Some of it is not their fault. Like you and I were talking the other day. Well, I mean, like about I, I, Chara. I, Well, I mean, and then Char is a whole nother conversation. Where where has his uh, offensive production, Ben. Like, there were times where he wasn't on the ice for a power play, and like that was unthinkable two years ago. Yeah, he's old though. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, they got to limit. They got to limit how much they have about there. But that's the thing. Like, they, not they, the same they, guy. He was. No, he's not. Here's the thing, he's though. To be able to keep up with teams these days, they kept almost the same squad and just added. Yeah, he's what, power. He ain't speed. Was it Nick Ritchie and Kasha or what they had? Nick Ritchie. What, what, uh, as an aside on Nick Ritchie, he had ten minutes Trade on him. ice. Trade him. Oh, I think his contract's out. Ten minutes on ice, twelve minutes in penalties, and he led. He his penalties directly led to like four goals. So that's a, coach, that's a coaching mistake that they had him out there to be filling well, that Well, was hurt. They put him out there because the, they were getting out-physicaled. 
So he goes out there to play a physical game. He's like Lucic, but without the scoring touch. And he goes out there to be physical and intimidate, but he doesn't know how to, how to, uh, you know, do it right it back. Do it right. And, <laughs> and do it. Don't get caught and penalize. He just he got a ton of penalties. I mean, the thing with Chara though is Chara was pretty much ready to retire after last season. If they had but won, that, he would have retired. Yeah, if he had, if they had won the cup, they absolutely like he he would have retired. But sure I felt was. like he that team he felt that 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 team had one more really good playoff run. And they were like, the I best think, team. Well, and that's the thing they got the President's yeah. Trophy. They were amazing coming off of normal everybody. season. And if if things didn't get derailed because of coronavirus, if they could ride that vibe, that energy that they had from the end of the season into the playoffs, they would be the Stanley Cup champions. They were right the now. only team with 100 points. The only team with 100 points. Like, they were so much – they were head and shoulders above if everybody If it was a else. normal hockey season, they would be Stanley Cup champions. I mean, but I because it depends on who it, they it, ran now, into. Now, now, hold on, though. We, when it comes back to this, like, we're going around and, and looking at these different things, and every time we talk about a little bit – like something different, I think of where the fuck was the goal? Do you, does anybody recall what he said when they first got things back in the session? Like, oh, I guess I'm going to have to start skating now. Yeah, like he didn't. Dude he didn't had skate. his head so far away. And you know what? I actually, like you said, you can't really comment. You know, the, the, the human aspect of this, like person to person, you can't really fault somebody for something that you don't know. But if the dude is golfing and he's home, and kind of the way that he conducted himself and the things that he said, it really indicated even beforehand that maybe his head wasn't in it, and then all of a sudden he's out. Yeah. So I'm, I mean, it's it's it all seems to come back to that because it's like having a good quarterback. It's like having a solid pitching staff. The best teams have great goalie play. It doesn't doesn't have to be the the be all end all of how your team uh, operates, but you ha if you have good goalie play you have a, a, an advantage over a lot of teams that you're going to step out on the ice against because well, goalies can change the pace of a game. If you have a guy that stands on even for one game, if you steal one game, that can change the tide of the series. Well, I, look at, I look at last night. Uh, the Bruins absolutely outplayed the Lightning. Absolutely outplayed well, them. The end of the third period no, no, the and into game. the OJ. No, but they, they really didn't. They outshot them like 50 to They didn't 30. play an entire game. They, they played a part of the game, which right, they should they they have played the way they, they should. They would have won that game going away. But that's the Absolutely. thing in hockey is, you know, they got outplayed in 2011. They got outplayed a lot by teams that were a lot better, a lot faster, and had better schemes. You know, back what then. What did they have? What was their edge up? It was it was Thomas. That's what I'm saying. It's like same goalie play. Right. Yes, sir. They got outplayed so many times. There were a lot of teams that were Montreal was better than them. Um Van but they won uh, in game seven. Was better than them. Are you shitting me? Vancouver was a juggernaut, dude. They Vancouver was better than them. Uh yeah. Philly wasn't better than them. But Tampa was better than them. But they just you know, some of those saves, some of the things that Thomas like how many of those games did they win? One nothing. Because it was just Claude Julien's assembly line. Line one, line two, well, line three, that, line four. Basically saying the same thing. The difference is goalie yeah. play. You know, Halak's not a playoff starting. Not play. anymore. It's a solid quality backup goalie in 2020. Backup. He's not somebody that you're going to 
that you're gonna, you know. Yeah, he's a guy that he. That's that's not responsible move. He's gonna give your starter. He's gonna give your starter some rest, but you don't expect your 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 backup doesn't play in the playoffs. Like he just doesn't. You don't go goalie by committee in the playoffs. Unless under extreme circumstances. You ride. Yes. You ride the hot hand, whoever it happens oh. to be, and in 2009 it was him. And they had to make a choice. They ended up, you know, Montreal decided they were going to go with Carey Price, which, yeah. you know, worked out pretty well for them. Hey, load management. you got to have load management. Right, and that's season. really what Absolutely it not load management. <laughs> Goalies need load management. Goalies do, Dave. We'll get to well, Leonard does not need management. load so, management. Yeah, I'll get to that later. Yeah, so I want to get to what do the Bruins need to do to maximize their core that they have right now. Because it's been essentially the same team. Rask, Chara, Krejci, Marchand, Bergeron. Those five guys have been on the team for the past 10, 11 years. They've all been together. They've all been playing together. So now you add Pasternak. You add DeBrusque. You add McAvoy. You add Krug. Do you let Krug go? You have Coyle who's locked up. You know, what do you do with some of these guys? Now, they're going to have about $15 million in cap room. Even with Tuca's contract, I would love to see them trade Tuca's contract. You know, much like what they did with Tim Thomas, trade him to a team that needs to get up to the salary floor. And even if he doesn't play for them at all, they still hit the minimum required salary that they need to have. Because everybody always talks about the cap, but in hockey, you got to talk about the floor as well. Like you have to maintain a specific minimum salary. So I broke down five players that are free agents that I think the Bruins should target to uh, come over and and play uh, with this team. Now, the first one is a guy who was the number one overall pick, pick right before Tyler Sagan, Taylor Hall. Dude's 28, already has an MVP. He is wasting away in uh, Phoenix or Arizona. I forget, the Arizona Coyotes. He's wasting away out there. Like they they loaded up on old veterans like Phil fucking Castle. Wait, wait, did you say the Arizona Clay Dogs? Is that what you said? No, I did not. No one else outside of the three of us is going to understand that fucking reference. Uh, but dude's twenty eight. He's a right wing. They've been looking for a right wing to play with Krejci since fucking Nathan Horton and mm-hmm. and Milan Lucic. Mm-hmm. And they haven't found one. They've got DeBrusque on the left, but they need a right wing. It's not Kasha. Like, it's not any of these guys that they've been bringing in. It wasn't fucking – who's the – the uh, the Casper Dogovins? Like, oh, yeah. Oh, man. Like, none of those guys. So, Taylor Hall, who made $6 million against the cap this year. Bruins could absolutely afford him. He would be on a, a team that's ready to win now. Uh, next – from St. Louis, he's 30 years old, but he's a big puck-moving defenseman, especially if Chara retires and or you lose Tory Krug. Alex Petrangelo. Oh, yes, Petrangelo. He made six and a half last year. So you could theoretically keep the, te- the team that you have now at Hall and Petrangelo. If you let Krug go, now remember, Krug's 29. So it's not like there's a huge drop-off between Krug and Petrangelo. Petrangelo's, but the skill level is there with Petrangelo. It's, it's close. They're both big. They're both uh, offensive-minded, puck-moving defensemen. But Petrangelo is bigger. Tori Krug can barely grow. Tori Krug's 
Tory Krug's playoff beard looks worse than Dave's crustache right now. Yo, I, I heard I heard that Hall's an asshole hurt his own teammates, that he's tough to play with, tough to have around. I don't know the specifics of what it is about him. But that yeah, but who has he played with that's a solid veteran? Phil Kessel? Dude, he's 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 played around. A lot of people have been through around him. Not I mean, not a guy like Prodigy. It's not like it's unheard of that you know these guys right. that he was, he was drafted number one that year, like you said, right, right before Sagan. It was it was all in Sagan that was the whole time going to that. And draft. Sagan's a dick too. Well, I mean, no. look at fucking Sidney Crosby. Sidney Crosby used to have a, a huge ego. But and oh, he still does. does. I mean, like, he still but does. he's matured a lot over the years. He's not as big of a douchebag as he used to be. Sagan, ha- Sagan, I don't think has. You know, from everything that you hear about him in Dallas, he's not like a terrible teammate, but studies always changed his ways. And but it's different when you have a guy, a, a culture, a guy like Bergeron. You know, like it's different okay. if you have a guy well, crunchy. When has the culture molded the play of anybody that they that they brought in? We're talking puck moving defenseman. Uh, what's his name that they coveted for the longest time and finally brought in and he did nothing. Who? Um, the, oh, the kid, the kid from the Leafs. Yes. Oh, he was uh, garbage. He was leaves. A- it's leaves. Yeah. <laughs> Louds. Um. Caberlet, Tomas Caberlet. Oh, fuck oh, it. The game magician? Sucked. Yeah, his uh, his playoff beard made him look like a, 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 a game magician. And they got him here, and he did jack shit, nothing. He was soft. The culture did nothing to help him. Dog well, Vince is another one. But, he did some cool flippity doos. But didn't the... they bring him in with Peverly? No, Peverly. I think it's somebody else. Peverly you can't blame is... culture Peverly for a guy not buying in. You can't blame oh, that. Oh, okay. I just... No, no, but what I'm saying is you can't necessarily bank on the culture to cultivate a guy and make him play. Oh, okay, we're saying the same thing. We're saying the same thing. We are saying the same thing. Yeah, okay. Sorry, So let me let me uh, let me get to these next couple of uh, of players so we can move on to uh, to the NBA. So next uh, is a goalie, and I think it would be smart because not only the Bruins tend to have a really hard time with this guy to begin with. He's he's won a cup. Uh Braden Holtby, thirty okay. years old, six point one million. He's younger than mm-hmm. Rask. Um he's solid. He's again, he's won a cup. So I mean I would take him. Uh interesting one uh from Calgary, uh TJ Brody. He's okay. uh twenty nine, can... made uh four point six five. He's a uh he's a skilled uh puck moving defenseman. Uh, and the other, the last guy is also a puck moving defenseman. Made made around the same money, four point eight seven five. You love puck moving defenseman, huh? Sammy Vatnik. You need it in today's game. You need a guy that can play uh, play two ways on uh, on your defensive end. You know, if you're down, you need to pull your goalie. You need a guy to activate on defense. So, are you talking like a replacement for Tory Krug? Are we are we talking the assumption that he's gone because he probably is? The assumption I'm talking is Char is probably gone. They need yeah. somebody. That's... Not a moving defenseman. No, no. But it would if you replaced Chara with a guy who's you know because Dustin Bufflin's on that list, but I wouldn't put I wouldn't take him because a he's 35. B he missed the whole last year. Um, yeah, we don't want to plug an old guy in this. Dustin but... Bufflin works at Dunder Mifflin. <laughs> <laughs> but if you if you replace Chara with um you know an Alex Petrangelo you are 
upgrading that position in a huge way. And I think if Chara retires, he's still going to be a part of the team. Like he'll probably be on like the coaching staff or something. Oh yeah, he's he's going to remain a Bruin just... in some way, shape, or form. But uh, I, I don't foresee Chara coming back as a player. Not at forty-four. I, I mean, I just, he's in great shape, but he I got. He's just he's just tired. It's not just you know, that, like he's like, been through Which a lot. is understandable, well, but it's like, dude, you've done so much. Like you've you've really helped shape this team. And I think that this team, you know, and nothing against his captainship at all, but I think this team would benefit with some they're new ready to blood. Move on. I right. agree. I agree. You know, we know he doesn't have a deal though. That's the other thing. It's like having a guy like that around, if he's playing, maybe they just kinda pull him back a little bit you know, right he would have to be a third pair defenseman he's making he's making two million dollars a year on a year-to-year basis with some incentives just you to can, yeah but you can't take a guy who's of his That's stature in the league the captain of your team and like no. yeah you're a third pair defenseman yeah no you don't do when that you're going, when you're going 70 percent of shower though there's not a whole ton of guys that you're going to be able to uh, plug into that spot that you're going to get the same kind of... Well, the three that I listed, you would. Exactly. That's why you change it up and you go different. Because you're not going to fill that spot, so you change it. We're assuming that Tory Krug is going to be gone because he's going to be gone. Yeah, but if he leaves, there's that that money that Chara makes will now go be able to be freed up. Remember... I'm talking production rather than rather than money. You know, the I mean, money. What, what production? Like this, you take away this. Well, not well. Defensive. I guess production maybe not the right word. No, I mean, but, like, I'm like i even talking about defense. defense and be able to have that huge presence out there. That... Yeah, but if guys can skate around him because he can't move the way he used to, like, yeah, he still has the 12-foot fucking reach, but guys are skating around him. I mean, like, Char doesn't have the speed that he used to have. He doesn't have the power that he, he used to have. He doesn't shoot the way he did. I mean, he used to, you know, he's still fucking menacing because he's so tall. He's but like got, seven feet with but skates. There are still, like, but there are guys, the last couple of years, there are guys that are significantly smaller than him that have been stepping up to him. Right, but that, well, and that's the thing. It's kind of like, you know, what do you, what do you got, old man? You know, it's, it's unfortunate that his age is coming into play, but that's where we're at. You know, He's gotten his ass kicked a couple of times. Yeah, he's done. No, he's done. He's done. I think I I don't think he's done. I don't. I don't. I don't think. I disagree. I mean, we'll see. We'll table that for now because we got to get on to the NBA. So, Ashes, I know you wanted to jump on and talk hockey. Do you have any final hockey thoughts before we uh, move on to the NBA? Um. So as of right now, obviously Tampa has clinched. A spot Tampa for the Eastern has, Conference Finals. Be, uh, moving over to uh, Edmonton. As of right now, we're waiting on the outcome of Flyers versus Islanders. The Islanders are up. Islanders 3-1. are up. So I, I, I unfortunately think that um, Gritty will not be getting a Stanley Cup shot this year. No, sadly. Uh, maybe next year, big guy. Um, but the stars thing i'm i'm just gonna say so what i'm actually really excited about is what's going on in the western conference right now so i tend tend to do that once the bruins are out i usually choose to switch my focus and cheer for the western conference it feels Um, a lot better to root for hockey when you don't have any skin in the game it's a lot less tense yeah yeah well i mean and, and playoff hockey is just exciting period oh, you know, watched, we, we constantly so have it. it on yeah. in in the house um so right now vegas is up 3-1 on the goal uh, on the canucks yeah I and i that's i mean they're gonna get it and dallas is up on the avalanche and golden knights versus stars 
Yeah. I think Vegas would be takes that. fucking intense. I think you're looking at a seven-game series. I, I think that's going to be super exciting hockey. I say don't count out Colorado. That I, I they're don't, so good offensively. I don't know. I I just I think that you know Dallas decided to take a night off, and that's why Colorado won the other night, which is why they're uh, Dallas is only up three two. But I I don't think the Avalanche come back. I I think that Dallas takes it, and I we'll see. Go Vegas. That's all I'm saying. Go Vegas. Well, thank you for. Uh, for uh, spending the time, and I know you got other stuff you're going to do, so uh, we will have you on uh, next week when we do our uh, NFL preview as well. Yeah! Football! Come on, football! Do stuff! All right. Thanks, Bye. Ashes. Hey. All right. So now oh, yeah. we are going to be moving on to the NBA, and Dave, I, uh, I know this is what you've been waiting for. Oh, yeah. So... Let's uh, let's uh, let's start with. Uh, let us, let us well, I want I want to get to the 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 playoffs that are currently going on, but first I want to talk because this is uh, going to be a big story in the off season, all off season, is what is next for the Philadelphia Sixers. My question to you, Dave. Uh, obviously, Brett Brown was fired after yet another. Yeah, I don't agree with that, but that's okay. Yeah, he was fired. Yet another disappointing uh, playoff showing. So, my question to you is who do you think will be coaching in uh, Philadelphia next year? And will they get a full season to try and maximize both uh, Simmons and Embiid? And if it goes poorly. Do you think one of those guys gets moved at the trade deadline? And if so, who do you trade? So we'll start with who do you think is going to be coaching in Philadelphia next year? Because there's been a couple of names that have been kicked around, like Jason Kidd, Ty Lue, Jeff or Stan Van Gundy. Um, an interesting name that could be, uh, although I don't think their offense is, the, the players that they have is suited for his play style. Uh, if the Rockets were to lose Game 7, Mike D'Antoni should be available. Uh, who, do, who would you like to see, and who do you think gets that job? Um, so the Rockets are probably going to win Game 7. Let's just go as long as Russell Westbrook plays a, a significant amount of minutes. I think the the Rockets will win Game 7. So let's just assume D'Antoni doesn't get fired. Um I would really like to see Jeff Van Gundy get that job. Um, Bring him back. He's been he's he's been an assistant for a long. I mean, uh, uh, an analyst for a long time, and he does the games, and he's really good with Mark Jackson. But I feel like his basketball mind is not over. I feel like he has a lot to give, uh, especially with talent like Simmons and Embiid. And I don't feel like if he was the coach, I don't think any moves would be made at the trade deadline because I feel like if he is the coach, the the record would be as as long as Embiid and Simmons was were healthy at the beginning of the season, hypothetically, and played with Tobias Harris and Cork Maz, I think the record would be good enough where they'd be in the playoffs. They wouldn't even be thinking about making a trade. Um, if they did have to add a third guy, they could get rid of Al Horford because he doesn't fit with that team at all. I think he needs to go. That was a bad front office move. So he, he 
he shouldn't have been on that team. Um, Elton Brand made a made a bad decision in that point. He he shouldn't even be in that position that he's in, Elton Brand, but he is in that position. So, I mean, he made the right move. He made the right move that he thought was correct, but I don't believe it was the best move because he's not a, a big enough leader for that team. They need a leader because Embiid's not a leader. You know, Ben Simmons is not a leader. You see, Jimmy Butler left the team. He said they don't they don't care enough. So. They need somebody in that locker room that can really drive them and make them, you know, care about winning and care about basketball. Because right now it's a very lax environment. So hopefully if Jeff Van Gundy went in there, he don't pull no punches. He 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 calls it like it is. So he would set them all straight. And I think he would have Embiid on a diet. He would have Embiid playing playing every day on a uh, you know on a on a diet plan, working out and and taking it seriously. So I think that Sixers could be you know, a serious threat with Jeff and Gundy. But I, I, if you, if you think, if you're asking me who I think is going to be the coach, I don't know. I don't know if who, I, who I want to be the coach, it'd be Jeff and Gundy. So something you said, uh, they got to get rid of Horford. How the hell do you get rid of that, that contract when he's going to be 35 next year and you know, he is not the same player he was three years ago for the Celtics? Again, that goes back to Elton Brand being in a position where he shouldn't be in. Um, you know, the front office put him in the position because they were in a tight spot. He got thrown in the position, so he made a decision to sign Al Horford, which, you know, maybe could have been okay, I guess, thinking about it, but to give him that much money in the position. The Tobias Harris contract was bad, too. Tobias Harris is a great player. I love him. I mean, he's a great third guy, but to pay him the amount of money they're paying, they're stuck with him now. They're stuck with the Al Horford deal if – if somebody would maybe make a deal and take Al Horford, like maybe like the Chris Paul, Russell Westbrook deal, which was unheard of before it got done. Um, if somebody would take on Al Horford's contract, maybe, a, you know, a, a rebuilding team that needs a veteran, but I don't see him really going anywhere. So, um, you know, they really need to be smart in the moves they make, but I, I don't think Embiid or Simmons should go anywhere. You know, they would always be the excuse Embiid plays outside because Simmons is always inside because he can't shoot, but, with Simmons not even playing in the playoffs, you saw Embiid roaming around the paint constantly, not taking advantage of down low. So I think Embiid just needs someone to go in there and show him how good he is. It, you know, I have a top 10 list. Embiid's number eight on my list and top 10 in the NBA. So he needs to show his dominance. His skill set makes him a number eight, but he's not playing that way. So Well, I want to I want to kind of uh, push back on something you said about how Embiid, you know, didn't take advantage of, of – of uh you know Simmons absence first of all he did in like the first quarter of each game and then his lack of conditioning like you were touching on uh his lack of conditioning just you know makes him make some uh wear down and just uh you know he can't he can't continue to play you know what I mean like he can't he can't uh he can't complete a full game he can't complete a, a, a season because he's he's a big guy and he's not in great shape um I think one of the biggest issues and you touched on it is Simmons we don't know if he can't shoot we know he doesn't he absolutely refuses to he drives in the lane and dunks he he cannot shoot or will not shoot outside of Five feet. Won't do it. Yeah, I, I heard everything you said. Um, I'm going to disagree with the, the can't shoot because I believe, I believe he can shoot. Um, 
that you know, and that goes back to to Brett Brown not being one of those you know assertive coaches. So I think you get Jeff Van Gundy in there. Jeff Van Gundy is not going to allow him to not shoot the ball. He's been practicing shooting in the off season and the whole time in the bubble. And you see videos on Instagram and online. He shoots threes. He can hit threes. He doesn't want to take them in the games. That needs to change. So I feel like you have a headstrong coach that gets in there and tells him, "Hey, listen, you shoot or that's it. You ain't you're going to sit in the bench." So I feel like. You know, you get a good coach in there that tells him, hey, you know, maybe it's a confidence thing. Maybe he doesn't feel like he can make them, but he needs to attempt those shots, you know, right. and let Embiid do his thing in the paint. But Embiid needs to also get the coaching to tell him, hey, you get your ass in the paint and you stay in that block. You wait for the ball. You clear out everybody. You call for it. Who cares? You demand the ball. You don't go out to the three-point line and take jump shots. That's not what I want you to do. Yeah, you can make them, but you're shooting – you know, low thirties. That's not what we want. We want you to go in the paint and shoot 60 to 70% inside and get fouled and go to the line where he's a 70 plus shooter. So, you know, again, it goes back to the coach thing. So Brett Brown being fired, that's great. We're gonna have to go and see where, you know, where they go forward. But the front office is, is, is not shown any sort of, you know, semblance in the last few years. They've had so many first round picks they've traded, they've gotten rid of people. The process is not working. So, they need to really reboot what they're doing. So well, we'll see they're... if they go with Jeff Van Gundy, I'll have some faith. If not, then I, I'm not really sure. Okay. All right. I think okay. their, their number one issue is they, they fall in love with these players and then they, uh, they overvalue them. Like remember when, uh, Ainge like absolutely stole from them. And, uh, when the Celtics had the number one pick, and they knew that the Lakers were taking Lonzo Ball number two, and they knew that the Sixers wanted Markel Fultz. Like, the Sixers didn't need to trade up and get that number one pick because Fultz was still going to be there because the Celtics wanted Jason Tatum. And instead, they were like, no, no, we'll, we, we want Fultz. We're going to take him. Let's take Fultz. Let's get him. And he never did. Like, another guy who can't shoot. No like, matter. you have this another point guard who can't shoot. And that goes back to what I'm saying. The front office is not going to be fired or anything. But, you know, I don't think well, they'll be replaced. The coaches have been replaced. But that was another front office move that shouldn't have happened. They've had so many first-round picks in the last eight, nine years. They've taken Embiid. They've taken all these guys. Simmons, they've taken Fultz. And, you know, they've traded – I don't even – I can't even remember all the all the first-round picks they've traded. Sarich, it's too many to even think. So. You know they need to really get their 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 shit together. To be honest, really. You know what? I, I'm not sure why you're you're on the Van Gundy train. It, Jeff Van Gundy is like the Bobby Valentine of the NBA. He's gonna step out of the booth and know how to coach a, a basketball. Jeff team Van Gundy coached Patrick Ewing, the biggest choke artist of all time. I, I'm sorry, I'll let you go. I am a big Knicks fan. I've seen Jeff Van Gundy work. Jeff Van Gundy's never won anything. Nope. Anything. Who is he coach though? Patrick Ewing, who is Patrick the biggest Ewing. choke artist of all time. I could go down in college and NBA. He choked in on college, every level. He won a championship. He also choked in Georgetown. He should have won in, in another year, but another he choked and lost the game. Regardless, though, Dan, you got to get closer I'll, to the mic. I'm not. I'm not sure why Van Gundy seems to be the answer, but I have heard that the co- the head coach of the Villanova basketball program is rumored to be in the running for that job. Hmm. And if I was Van Gundy. I wouldn't. I wouldn't go with it. I wouldn't go with it. He has a cushy gig. What? Yeah. Why would you? Why would you want to? Uh, I'm right there with you. Why were you? Why would you want? Uh, why would you want have to deal with 
Embiid and Simmons, you know, both. You wouldn't their- want to deal with Embiid and Simmons if you can if you can harness their talent. It's it's unbelievable with Tobias Harris. That's an unbelievable three players on the team with Cork Moss, who's going to be twenty three years old. He's he, it's an unbelievable core. Or if you're another team that knows how to coach around them. Josh Richardson. What they do. It's very doable, seeing as they haven't gotten very far in the last few years. And you know, they, again, and Ben Simmons was hurt this year, so they were have, one shot away from an overtime in Game Seven to, to going to the Eastern Conference Finals. So let's not excuse last year. Kawhi Leonard, who I call the Quiet Crybaby, has got the biggest, best bounce ever in the history of the NBA playoffs last year. So if that shot doesn't go in, they go into overtime and a potential chance to yeah. go into the Eastern Conference Finals. Both skill and luck. It's not exclusive. I get it, but don't say they're, you know, they, they were right there last year. They were right there. Yeah, a lot of people were right there. The no, no, right no, there no, 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 no. It was them. And Kawhi Leonard, bonk, 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 go in and went in. It was exactly so. the way he planned because he was trying to take time off the clock. Don't talk about Kawhi Leonard <laughs> like he, he planned that out. <laughs> But you know, and, and you know, to, the to quiet cry, the, Kawhi, cry, quiet, quiet baby is what to, I call to him. Go, to go on the Horford bit too, it was a mistake on his part for ever having left. He didn't want to have to play center here. He wanted to play power. He took the money, and then you know, for, for exactly, he took the money, and you know, who could blame him? I would take the money too. I don't blame him one. I'm glad the Celtics the don't have him anymore. To be honest, I would prefer that if we had him because I think no, I don't think do, so. What we do, he fits pretty well, and can, and he was. A very key contributor to a lot of things. He's past his prime. He's done. He's done. He's not. He's he's never going to be any better than he is right now. He's going down every single day. So we didn't pay him a hundred something million. That's a great idea. I I think that's great. Says something systemically, and you you always want to go with the high offices, but the high office like the GMs and the. Ellen Brand made a terrible Ellen decision Brand's giving him that contract. He's making the contracts, though, and he gave that contract to Al Horford, which is a terrible contract. If, you, if, if getting people good on paper won championships, then the Detroit Lions would have been champions years upon years in a row. That's not true. They you only can, had – You can get with the best – That's not true. Widely vetted picks. That's not true. Game. Matt Stafford and Megatron's not winning the championship when well, you're well, offensive well, and we'll defensive. Be, we'll be uh, we'll be we'll be talking NFL next week. That's yeah, let's go on. Let's go on. NFL preview. So, uh, so here we go. We're talking now. We're talking NBA playoffs because that's what's going on. So, I want to know. Uh, I know right now you guys uh, and if if folks at, at home are uh, are hearing uh, they're they're watching the the game, which is why Dan was like Marcus Smart for three because you know because the Celtics are currently uh, up ninety three eighty seven on Toronto after beating them by twenty in game one. So first thing I want to talk about, we mentioned it a little bit earlier. Uh, Rockets Thunder game seven. Um, Chris Paul and. Uh, and, and uh, Russell Westbrook were absolutely the catalysts for these game for that game. Westbrook with his multiple turnovers, and uh, <laughs> here's the issue: I was watching a certain four-letter network earlier today, and uh, they were they were saying that it was the coach's fault that Russell West that that uh, what's his name Harden wasn't getting the ball over and over and over, and it's like no. It's the GM's fault for trading for Russell Westbrook because you have two ball-dominant fucking uh, guards who both have to have the ball in their hand all the time. Like, that's the issue. Um, 
Westbrook has uh, has never been a guy who really cared about winning. He's a guy who cares about his stats. He reminds me a lot of Wilt Chamberlain in that way. Allen Iverson. Carmelo Anthony. Yep. Uh, doesn't really care about winning, just wants to make sure his stat line looks good. And James Harden is a guy who, you know, if things – we watched him. We were at a game a couple of years ago, and they were up – on the Celtics, the Celtics made a nice run, and as soon as the Celtics took a, a slight lead, he stopped playing. Like, we watched him just stop playing defense. He would just hang out in the offensive end. He not would... this year. No, 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 no. I ain't going to let you do that. I'm not going to let you do that. Not this year. Not this year in the playoffs. The Rockets are playing terrific defense. You know so what he don't, does, though? And it drives don't me nuts. Don't say that about now because it's not true no, now. No, I'll tell you what day, he yes, does now. They're playing unbelievable defense. The Rockets. I'll tell you what he does now, and it drives me nuts. Every time I watch him, he'll get fouled, and he'll lay on the ground for a minute to two minutes Listen, listen, like listen. He's listen, been listen, murdered. Listen. He lays I don't on care. the ground. I don't care. Who is the best one on one NBA basketball player in the league? It's obviously one on one. But we don't play one on one. We play five on five. James Harden is not when you isolate and go one on one at the top of the key. James Harden is the best player in the NBA on on one on one basketball. If you foul him, he's going to shoot ninety plus on the free throw line. If you don't, he's probably going to make a three, which he shoots over forty percent. So I don't. I, I, I don't see this Harden hate. He's playing such good defense. I don't even see the Russell Westbrook hate. You know, he's just coming back from an injury. He only had seven points. He scored 17 in the other game, but it doesn't matter. But No, I'm talking you know, his whole career. I'm talking career as a whole. Like, I'm talking right now because that's what matters. Career doesn't matter. Right now matters. It's game seven tomorrow. They have a, they have a yeah, chance to – They have a cha- We're talking NBA playoffs. They have a chance to, to cover it right now. Chris Paul is playing out of his goddamn mind. Um, but – you know, if, if Westbrook can can settle down and actually, you know, have a plan on what he's doing and go through and, and you know, Harden needs to go get the ball at the end of the game in that situation. No, Harden needs to right. go it's, get it. It's Harden's Westbrook team. didn't give up the ball. Durant Durant always, oh, you know, you, you know, Westbrook didn't pass. Go get the ball. You demand the ball. You're, you're, you're the best player. Like the end of like the end of Fresh Prince. Harden. Harden's gonna give you. Harden says, "Give me the goddamn ball." Westbrook's gonna give him the ball. Yeah. So it's gonna it's be like the Westbrook's end of Fresh Prince, where Carlton wrestles the ball from Will. What? I said it's gonna be like the end of Fresh Prince, where Carlton wrestles the ball from Will to take the final shot. That's it it shouldn't be. be that way, but it's it, Harden yeah, should say, "Hey, Harden's not even attempting." to take the ball. He's letting Westbrook go and be crazy and just run around. He needs to go say, hey, listen, let me go take this. If you're open, I'll give it to you, but let me initiate things. You know, and Dan Tony is the the least person to say anything to anybody. He's not going to get in anybody's face. He's yeah, not he's confrontational. Seven he's seconds not, or less. Yeah, so you need to – it's up to Harden to say, hey, listen, Russell – let me initiate things. I'm the best one-on-one player in the league. Let me get the ball. Let me see what's going on. I'll make I'll make a play. Like let me let me try to make the play. But Westbrook throwing the ball out of bounds doesn't help anybody. And no. Chris Paul's playing out of his mind. So I will say. I mean, so who you who you got? Who wins that series? You got. The I, I still got the Rockets. Dan? I still got the Rockets. Dan, who wins that series? Rockets. You got to get closer to the mic so we can hear you. I'm going Rockets all day, baby. He's saying Benny and the Rockets. All right. Well, I'm saying the Thunder win that game. I'm going to mark that down here in my notes. Yeah, you do that. It's 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 recorded for posterity. Um, Jazz yes, Nuggets. Jazz Nuggets. We got a, a great back and forth between uh, Murray and uh, oh, what the fuck is his name now? Mitchell. Uh, those two going back and forth has been something of something to see. Like. 
trading 50-point games. Uh, so that game comes to game seven. Who do you got in that game? Jazz. Okay, you want to go first? Jazz, Jazz. and, uh, and uh, Jazz. I'm a, Nuggets. I'm a Mitchell-holic. Um, I, I think Donovan Mitchell is going to be one of the – I mean, I say is going to be. He's already one of the standouts of kind of this generation. So I'm a Mitchell guy, so Jazz all the way. They seem to almost have strengthened since uh, Hayward left, which when he first left, a lot of people questioned how they were going to look going forward without their best player. But Mitchell's kind of carried the load, and I like it. All right. Uh, Dave, who do you got? Um, I hear what you're saying, Dan, and I'm going to go completely opposite of, of what that is, and I'm going to go Nuggets. That's why they make chocolate about um, baby. I think Jamal Murray, I'm not even a big Jamal Murray fan, to be honest with you. Jam. He's been playing – Jamal Murray. He, sorry, excuse me. He's been playing out of his mind. He has, you know, 51 and, and you know, yes. and he's doing all these games. Yeah, 40-plus points, five rebounds and five assists. He's the only person to do it since Michael Jordan ever in the history of the playoffs. But I don't buy into him. I'm sorry. I don't think he's – it's a hot – you know, it's a hot streak. He, he's – He's feeling good. It's a couple games. Jokic has really not asserted himself in this series. I feel like Jokic is going to come out this game and assert himself. You know, Murray will get his, but he's not going to go for 50. I think he'll go for high 27s, maybe 28. Um, I think the Nuggets will still win the game, but I don't think Mitchell. I think Mitchell, will. he needs to score 50. He won't. He'll, he'll go high 30s, um, and I think Jokic will score – high 20s to 30 points, but I think he'll have 15 to 20 rebounds and two or three blocks. So um, I, I really feel like Jokic is the X factor of this game. I feel like he's going to come out. The Nuggets are the better team. They're the better coach team. I feel like the Nuggets are going to win. Um, so we'll see what happens. But the Jazz are – I mean, there's only one person on the Jazz that plays defense, and that's Rudy Gobert. That's so, true. Um, I was going to bring up, did you uh... – I think it was game one or two, that block that he had on, on Jokic that was just absolutely filthy. Yeah, Jokic has not shown up, like I said. He hasn't been playing well. So he needs to very much, um, you know, certify himself in this game and show who he is and why, you know, he is the Joker. So I feel like this is a big game for him. Um, All right, so to, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I think the Nuggets take this one uh, because, like you said, nobody plays defense. Uh, let's move on to uh, the Eastern Conference, which is already underway. Uh, what did you think of uh, Jimmy Butler going nuts on the Bucks and taking game one? Dan, you want to go or do you want me to go? You go. So. <laughs> Here's the thing. I think that um, it was nothing – more than just a hot game. I don't think Jimmy Butler is really anything special. I wouldn't put him probably in my top 20. I'd probably put him in my 20 to 30 range. Um, he did get hot. He hit some shots, but I didn't see, you know, a lot of hustle out of the Bucks. I didn't, you know, Giannis can't be your third or fourth or fifth leading scorer, even second. He needs to be the first. He needs to dominate the game. He needs to come out and get rebounds and get assists and get blocks. And, you know, he, what did he shoot? I, I don't even know what he four for nineteen, something like that. Something bad. We yeah, airballed yeah. a couple of free throws. Yeah, he shot bad. six free throws. He's missing down the stretch. Uh, Giannis needs to come out and dominate. He just won Defensive Player of the Year, and he's going to win MVP, which is the third person who is it? Michael Jordan and um, 
correct me, maybe Hakeem Olajuwon. Yeah. Maybe maybe David Robinson has won both, maybe not in the same year. But um, so he needs to come out and play like he's a defensive player in the MVP and win. He, they haven't had, you know, really any challenges. You know, the first round they played the Magic. They won game one. They swept them. But since last year, since they played Kawhi, you know, there's been really, you know, they kind of swept through the regular season. So this is letting the coaches game plan. This is letting them game plan. They really need to come out and, and dominate this series. So if Giannis can come out and score 38 and, and 12 rebounds and four blocks, then I'll feel good about it. But, it, you know, if if he doesn't dominate the series, then the Heat are going to win. So See, I'm still staying with the Bucks and six. Bucks and six. I'm calling it right now. But if the, if Giannis doesn't play – then this is going to be uh, an easy road to the finals for the Celtics. That's all I'm saying. Well, I'm, I'm telling you this. If I'm you, if I'm you, I am rooting hard for the Heat because, again, this is another team where, you know, what do the, what do the Bucks do? Give it to Giannis, let him drive and dunk. You stop that, and that's pretty much it. Like, that's what they were able to do. They kind of like what the, uh, the New York Rangers used to do to play defense. They would just pack – the front of the net, so you couldn't get a shot on, and then you had Henrik Lundqvist behind them. Um, yeah, but Middleton went crazy in the first half yesterday. He played a good game, but he went cold in the third and the fourth. So you, if Middleton is not that guy, you know he yeah. hasn't proved himself. So if he if he actually has a good full game, he's proved that he can play a good half. But if he plays a full game, well, then I think they'd have a good chance. Guy. But Giannis needs to take over the game. Well, clearly. what I'm saying is you. Middleton is not. He's guy he's he's a guy. He's, he's not yeah. the guy. Yeah. Well, no, he's Nick, is, but we all know that. You, as a Mavs fan, should want should want Miami to win and win in six or seven, because Giannis is up for a supermax, and the Mavericks have space for a supermax i've never even it's never even crossed my mind but that would be absolutely insane out of this world don't even get me started on that no way porzingis Porzingis, don't get me started (laughs) on that that would be god fucking that's a 75 win team right there it's the best team ever assembled in the history of the nba and they then they win the championship on a landslide lebron james in his 18th career and, and, you know, you're, you At know, and then Kawhi Leonard's the overrated. So I think that would be an easy championship. But don't even get me started on that. That's a dream. All right. So next, uh, the game that's going on now, which looks like the Celtics are about to win. Uh, it's tight, but Celtics, got the, the, it's, they're up three with a minute 10 in the fourth. Uh, this series, what do you what do you think about this series so far? Dan, you take this. I honestly, um, I I thought it would be a little bit uh, tighter, um, obviously, through through two games. I didn't think that they'd be able to. Yeah, it looks like it's a technical or a clear path yeah, foul. I'm not sure. I didn't see, but it looks like Toronto's game. getting two shots and the ball. Oh, they're, no, they're one sh- one shot in the ball. It looks like a technical foul. Well, so. Initially, think they were going to do. Um, Offensive foul, and he threw a fist pump, Jason Tatum. So that's a technical. So don't count the basket. Count, uh, you know, disqualify the basket, and that's going to be. A shot in the ball for the Toronto Raptors. The you could not throw Raptors. a fist in the direction of the referee, even though Tam didn't mean it. It was near the referee, so they called the technical. So it's a three-point game, Raptors. Well. Like he just said, three-point game. Yeah, yeah, one hundred to ninety. Oh, now it's one hundred to ninety-eight. That's what I got. 
Uh, You're ahead of us a little bit. I'm I'm pretty sure they're going to end up winning this. I I, I think the Celtics have an easy road to the Eastern Conference Championship. It's just a matter of the heat of the Bucs. I think they do. And, you know, the – as far as the Bucks go, like you can't count them out. They they're not necessarily first game teams. They are a first game team. They sometimes will lose in the first game. Same Coach Bud is known to lose in the first game and, and come back and make adjustments. Game last year, yeah, but, Celtics oh. blew them out by twenty. Celtics and the first sweep, series, they, just just this year, they lost the first game and then won four. Exactly. So, four so far out of six, this yeah. year, they've lost two game ones. Which so at this point, it shouldn't seem like more like a pattern enough. A LeBron loses game one. Sometimes it happens, but he comes back and wins. Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to say the Celtics in this. I'm going to I'm going to say five, six, depending on what happens the next games. Because I, I really think the no home court advantage is is something else, and it's not something that, regardless of what music they play or whatever they have. Yeah, I'm thinking the bubble is the bubble is real. Just yeah, I feel like what it is. So it's really going to be the better teams that come out because. Kemba step back. Oh my god. Oh my god. Well, here's the thing. With with the NBA, it tends to be whatever team has the better player wins. And I would say in this series the Celtics have 3 of the top 3 of the top 4. The Celtics have 3 guys I can go out and get you 20. I'm going to say I just want to throw one really quick. Um I think Marcus Morris is a very cheap player. Um, yep. He came out on Twitter after the step on Luca's ankle, said, "Oh, I, you know, I play this game with integrity." Then after he saw everything, and then in Game Six, he saw, "Okay, he's, he's a complete liar. There's no way that ever happened." So he obviously tried to target Luca and you know and and try to take him out, and you know he tried to hit him in the face. He cold cocked him pretty much. He punched him in the face. So whatever, Marcus Morris is a bad player. Luca knows that he'll know going forward. Um, I think Luca is electric. I think he's gonna be. He's not a top ten player. Maybe right now, I'd say he's ten to twenty, but oh. eleven to twenty. Sorry, but I think he's gonna be one of the best players. Maybe yeah, the I face of the league 10. after LeBron. So, um, I also want to give a shout out to Nick Wright, my favorite analyst in uh, in in the land. Oh, so you know we agree. We know we agree on a lot of things. So Nick Wright, if you, if you're possibly listening to this, no way. But if you are, you're my you're my guy. So thank you very much. All right, so Dan, Dan, uh, we're gonna uh, we're gonna get this uh, kind of wrapped up, but uh, you are on you are our uh, resident uh, wrestling guy, so uh, tell us a little bit about uh, your thoughts on some of the uh, upcoming wrestling events and like uh, some of the stuff that's been going down. Um, All out this yeah, Saturday. Yeah, big, big, big. It's you know it's been a, a really solid two weeks for the for the biz, as we like to say. You had uh, just this past Sunday, a couple days ago, we had uh, Payback, which was only seven days after SummerSlam, which is, as we all know, the unheard second, of. The second biggest pay per view of the year had another pay per view the week after, where we saw the Fiend Bray Wyatt got his championship back, his Universal Championship, in a, in a match with uh, Braun Strowman. However, at the end was the glorious, triumphant, beautiful return of Roman Reigns. Came back after being away due to the global health crisis, seeing as he was immunocompromising, as he's a two-time defeater of leukemia, which is a beautiful thing. So to see him back is a breath of Good for him on that. I'm not a big fan, but good for him. That's awesome to see him come back after that. That's amazing. To see him come back, make a big hit, would have been more beautiful with fans there, but what are you going to do? Was able to, uh, seven days later, 
acquire the Universal Championships of Roman Reigns. New teeth, new management, Paul Heyman, new attitude. He's now a heel. That's obviously the story. You ever see that Family Guy episode, though, where Brian gets new teeth? And, he, and he, his teeth are kind of sticking out. That's kind of what Roman Reigns like looks that. like. It was so very, very evident. It was, it was something else. So like oh. uh, uh, Walter Matthau in uh, in in Dennis yeah. the Menace. <laughs> yeah, Dennis the Menace. It was, a, it was like a, 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 a row of urinals around his mouth. Yeah, very, very, just too. It was obvious, but it was how, you know good for him. However, however, obviously the big the big event. There, there's two things happening within the next few days. Again, it's been a crazy couple of weeks tonight. We have the 60-minute four-man Iron Man match for the NXT Championship after they had to vacate the championship after Karrion Cross and separated his shoulder, which was very visually evident while watching it that he separated his shoulder during the championship match, yet he still continued but had to vacate it. So we now have a four-way dance, 60-minute Iron Man match tonight, and the event of the week is all out AEW's second annual all out second two times last year was a fantastic success we have john moxley obviously the former dean ambrose will be facing mjf for the championship which all all things aside mjf needs to win mjf is the future of wrestling again another young buck we're talking about young people we're going from luka Doncic at 21 we're talking mjf at 23 the hottest thing in wrestling the best promo no dan i ain't gonna let you do that i ain't gonna let you do that i'm not gonna let you do that i'm not gonna let you do that i'm not gonna let you do that and then we have oh another beautiful feud is matthew slash broken mat slash matitude slash v1 Slash Hardy Boy Matt Hardy against Sammy Guevara, who is again one of the leaders of the new generation, regardless of what he might have said in the past. He's worked past it. He's a better man for it. But uh, a feud that's been uh, kind of laden with botches and Pat. And I don't know if you've seen any of this, but there were two botched spots involving Matt Hardy and Sammy Guevara that involved them accidentally both. Slicing the other dude's head open. One vicious, was, vicious, vicious. One was no, an errant. One was an errant chair throw, where Sammy Guevara launched a folding chair at Matt Hardy. The wrong head. chair. You're supposed to grab a certain chair. He grabbed the wrong one. Chair. He grabbed the wrong one and smashed his head Matt open. Matt had his hands up. The top of the chair went right in between and caught him right on the head. Required 13 staples to fix. The two weeks Oof. later. In return. After, in return, after talking all this shit, they had a match. Sammy Guevara went to put Matt Hardy through a table. He missed. The table accidentally splintered and sliced the side of his head open. So two different times within three weeks, we got some nice... Goes around, color. comes around for Sammy Guevara. nice call. That was karma like a mother, wasn't it? It was, it was beautiful to see some color. A uh, little, 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 little crimson mask on uh, some network TV for the first time in a really long time. And uh, just uh, breaking news, even though people aren't going to see this till uh, listen to this till Friday, uh, Celtics just won. Uh, game is over. Celtics have a 2-0 lead. 2-0 lead. Uh, you're, a, you're a little ahead of us. We're about to see it right I'm now. Really? I'm ahead of you. I'm looking at ESPN's website on my phone. That's yeah, ahead of your cable provider. YouTube TV. Yeah, we're about to watch Fred Van Fleet miss a crazy three and the Celtics yeah, win. It's gonna, okay. it's gonna be a big weekend. Um, hopefully another solid buy rate for the uh, the AEW guys with all out. Uh, they've been having some really solid returns on the pay per views, which is 
interesting because it's you know the first company to be back around to the traditional pay-per-view method in a really long time since the wwe like network launched it really hasn't been a thing other than ufc um but uh yeah and hopefully the return of the cleaner kenny omega but it, it will be a great time either way and it's a show that is guaranteed not to disappoint so We've been going uh, about an hour and a half, so for this uh, this first episode, a little longer than we thought, but yeah. let's, let's let's wrap it up. But I mean, that's that's the way things go with some of these shows. You start getting on a roll, you know, you you break out into tangents, and uh, things just happen. So uh, next week, next week we're going to have a special guest on, and she is going to be picking NFL games. Uh, we are very excited for that. Uh, we're going to be doing our NFL preview next week. We're going to break it down division by division, the hot, uh, you know, the hot button issues that are going on in each division. Hot takes, oh, hot takes. Like the only thing that matters, Tom v. Bill, baby. Tampa Bay. Oh, there's a uh, there's a lot there's a lot going on all across the league, uh, especially when you're going to be starting week one. You have Tampa Bay versus. New Orleans Saints. So it's going to be Bay versus the Alvin Kamara Saints. Let's see what happens. It's going to be the uh, the Walker Bowl. I was about to say the Battle of the Walkers. That's so funny you said that. <laughs> so, so um, I, are we signing off? Is that what we're doing? Well, we're getting ready. So what we're going to do is uh, can I do my sign off? Is that what I'm going to get a chance, right? Yo, yeah, you're going to get a chance. Okay, yeah, all right. So go ahead. So next week we're going to be uh, we're going to be talking NFL. Uh, we're going to, you know, obviously update you on what's going on with uh, the NBA and uh, NHL stuff as well. But our main focus is going to be the NFL. Uh, this will be our NFL preview. We're going to make our picks uh, for not only the first week of games, but also for all the different awards, who we think is going to win each division, who we think is going to end up the uh, Super Bowl champion. We're going to be making – and I have a spreadsheet. We're going to track everything. So, uh, I like the sound yeah, of that because Dan always changes his yeah, mind. So let's get that on paper. We need that in, in blood. Yeah. So, uh, Dan, I'll start with you. Where do you like people following you on social media so they can uh, keep keep in touch with uh, what's going on in the show? Is there uh, social media that you have? You know, Twitter, Instagram, Chapsnet? No, actually, you know, it's funny. I wish I would have had some heads up on this because I didn't even think of this part. But next week there will be. So stay tuned. All right, and uh, there's going to be uh, there'll be a uh, obviously uh, a Twitter for the show, a Facebook group for the this new show. You can find us on all podcasting platforms. Uh, Kardashian, Dave, what do we got? What do you got? Uh, I mean, if you want to follow me on Snapchat, you want to see pictures of me, you know, in my cat or me in my Mustang, you know, hanging out. Uh, a Gordon Bombay. If you've ever seen Mighty Ducks, that's the uh, that's my handle. Say it again, but like into the mic this time. It's called Hey Gordon Bombay. Because I heard K Gordon Bombay. It's Hey, H E Y Gordon Bombay. If you know, you know. Is it, Are there any uh, special characters in that? Any, any underscores or anything? No, as I said, it's Hey Gordon Bombay. Well, the way you said it, it sounded like there was a comma in it. I would have said that. <laughs> But uh, you can follow me on uh, the best place, throwdownthursdaypodcast.com. Uh, you can find all my latest articles. You can find links to buy my new book, How Much Do You Tip an Exorcist. Uh, don't forget to tune in uh, this and every week. If you have any thoughts or feelings on some of the stuff we said or stuff we didn't cover and you want to let us know what you think about the uh, state of sports, 
Uh, you can hit us up at the loudest sports show at gmail.com. Uh, that'll obviously uh, we're still working on the uh, the social media aspects, but that'll be up as well. Dave, you said you have a sign off you want to do. No, I just wanted to say uh, good luck to Goat James in his next game in his next series. So, mm-hmm. all right. So one last, one last thing, one last thing to leave everybody on, especially the folks around here. We are up 2-0. Break out the rum ham. Break out the rum ham. All right. We will see you next week. Thanks.